Broadcasting from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, it's time for Executive Perspective. Executive Perspective is brought to you by Cressa, going beyond space to foster the best environment for every business. Now, here's your host, Danny Vandermeer. Hello, and welcome to Executive Perspective, a podcast series brought to you by Cressa, the world's largest commercial real estate firm dedicated to representing tenants. At Cressa, we understand the value of relationships, the power of connecting with others in the business world, and that's why we love this podcast series, where we get to sit down with executives and business leaders and listen to their challenges, insights, and unique perspectives. My name is Danny Vandermaiden, Vice President of Tenant Advisory in the Atlanta office of Cressa, and I am the host of Executive Perspective. And today, I'm very excited to welcome the Chief Executive Officer of CKS Packaging, John Sewell. John, thank you so much for coming today. Thank you, Danny. I appreciate the invite. We appreciate you being here. So if you've never heard of CKS Packaging, simple explanation, Danny's watered-down explanation is you guys make plastic containers. What more would you add to that? CKS Packaging is a family-owned business. Started back in 1985 by my dad, Charles K. Sewell. That's where the CKS comes from. He actually got started back in the 60s, owned a company called Sewell Plastics, made the first dairy gallon in the southeast, and then he sold his company in 1970, became president of Sewell Plastics, and he made the first two-liter beverage container ever made in 1976. That's his claim to fame. In 1982, he left with a three-year non-compete and started CKS Packaging up in 19. 19- 85. And I joined in 1989. We had seven machines at that point. Today, we are we have 27 manufacturing operations across the country, 750 million in sales. We're ranked eighth in North America as the largest rigid plastic packaging companies in North America. Excited to be here. Thank you so much for coming. And that two-liter container, that was for Coca-Cola, right? That's correct. So we beat Pepsi to the punch, <laughs> and they got they finally figured it out, but it was a race across the country to see how fast we could put manufacturing plants in. And I think we ended up with 25 all the way to California. And he grew that company to $300 million. As I said, we're today we're proud to say we're $750 million, and we've got a billion as our goal. Incredible. And the first milk jug gallon in the Southeast. That's correct. Back in the middle 60s, the milk uh, containers back in those days were in glass. For for those that are old enough, remember having a silver crate out back of your home and <laughs> the milkman would actually come to your house and change out the milk bottles. Biggest problem with glass was it you get in a production environment, it breaks. So therefore, it could get in the product and then cause a problem. So plastic was the perfect solution then, and it's the perfect solution now. Yeah, that milkman routine is something I've only (laughs) seen in old movies. For my entire life, it's always been in the plastic container. I bought one at the store last night. Yeah, we've always heard a lot about the milkman. Yeah. What else are some of other claim to fames that CKS has? Because those two in and of themselves, in your background and your family's background— are extremely novel. Back in uh, 2000, I was promoted to president, 
And I went down to a Hollywood, Florida plant, and we were making a plastic container for an orange juice company out of PVC material, and that's pretty much been banned today. But a company called Eastman Chemical had come out with a resin that you could blow a plastic container, a clear glass-like container with a handle. And uh, that was back in 1990. Today, we're the largest manufacturer of that material. We use over 20 million pounds a year. We make products for Coca-Cola still. The Minute Made, 89-ounce, Florida Natural, 89-ounce. A lot of orange juice containers are made out of that material. The Chick-fil-A Gallon for the lemonade and teas, and that was a a big deal that uh, we ventured out, did a joint venture with Eastman, and uh, proved to be really successful, and still is today. Amazing. You mentioned that CKS is a family business. That's correct. Pre-2000, early 2000s, before you came CEO, what was it like coming up in the family business? And with that, what I'm asking, too, is what has it meant to your family to have this family business? It's honestly, Danny, it's good and bad. Mm-hmm. Today we have four generations working. We've got about 15 family members in the business. But back in those days, it was just me and my dad and my uh, two brothers, Drew and Scott. And they were both chief operating officers. Drew was in sales, Scott was in operations. And I was president at that time. And uh, the challenges of working for dad, he's a perfectionist. He's always wanted everything he's done, whether it be sports, uh, business, whatever. He's very challenging, demanding. He he told me that no, he never had to fire anybody, and I know why, because he is so <laughs> tough. And I'm surprised that I've made it almost 40 years working for him. That's amazing. Yeah. And, you, and that, like you said, it's good and it's bad. Can you elaborate more on that? Sure. And, and, I've I've had, we've got each of my brothers, we have sons, and we've, all three of us have had to fire them. Mm-hmm. And so that becomes a tough situation. If I'm going to fire your son, that's a, that becomes a challenge. So family dynamics in a family business, especially the size of ours, fortunately it's big enough that we can all spread out and, and stay out of each other's way. But the family dynamic is big and uh, getting people to, play by the rules and try to excel, get the education they need. Some don't want to go to college. Some do. Some get their MBAs. It's, it's a challenge. If they don't come to work, what happens? we got a family policy. If you leave the company, you have to be gone for two years, and you have to learn how to work for somebody else, and you have to show us W-2s that you actually went to work for somebody for two years. And that becomes – that's a tough one, too. Very interesting. Yeah, I would venture to say, too, just based on conversations I've had with other family businesses, that not every family can do it. And it sounds like the four generations from your dad to you and your brothers and now to these next generations, it sounds like you guys have still managed to keep it in the family, which, well, is, which is impressive is what I'm getting at. Yeah, the old saying goes that the, the first generation starts it, the second generation maintains it, the third generation sells it. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a challenge. And now we got the fourth generation coming on. My dad's 91, and hopefully nothing changes after he passes on. But it, it is a challenge, yeah. without a doubt. I can imagine. So for you personally, in your career, was there ever a turning point 
you know, before you came CEO or even since. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When I was in college, I was a senior in college. My wife got pregnant. We had in, our first child, Marie. In college? Yes. We had our first child, Marie, in October of 81. I needed 24 hours to graduate. The only way to get to be able to do that, I had to go see the dean. And I told the dean, I said, look, here's the deal. I've got to get an education and graduate, or i got to get a job. By having a child, it completely changed my life. I was in the fast lane going as hard as I possibly could, either at work or while I wasn't working. I was in the fast lane. When I had a child, I pulled over to the emergency lane, mm. basically, and that changed my life. I got serious. I went to the dean. I said, I need 24 hours, which is six classes. Back in those days, it's semester, and typically people would take 15 hours or 18 hours at the max. So here I was asking for 24 hours in one semester. I needed six classes. I went day and night, made four A's, two B's. And in 1982, I was voted into the who's who of college students because of that situation. The dean let me graduate, and uh, I was able to go get my first job. My dad had left Sewell Plastics, okay, just a few months before that. When you say left, in the history, he, in explain, 1982, this is back in 1982 when he had that three-year near three year non-compete. He left the business, so I needed a job. The only thing I knew was Sewell Plastics. So I had to go interview with people that worked for my dad at one time, and now they work for a big corporation. And I remember the guy hired me, but he wanted to – he said, Sal, I'm going to pay you salary, and I'm going to pay you $18,000 a year. And I said, I got to have eighteen five. <laughs> and he said – How did he respond? He said, you mean you're not going to go to work for me for $500? And I said, that's right. I got to have that extra $500. <laughs> he said, okay, go to work. Yeah. So that was a funny thing. But going back to CKS, we have Christian values. It's a Christian company. But my dad formed it that way. And we were going to do two things. We we're going to tithe and we we're going to pray before every meeting. And I'm telling you right now, tithing is that's a game changer. When you start tithing, at least 10% of your profits on your company, God is going to bless you, bless you to the point. But in the Bible it talks about in Malachi, I don't want to get too religious here. He'll open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you cannot contain. That's what he's done for CKS. So an interesting story. Years and years later, we had a a a prayer and fast. We do those occasionally, like once a quarter. This guy that normally comes, he missed it. So he shows up the next day. And we're back there having a meeting and the receptionist calls back and says, hey, there's so-and-so's here to see your dad. So dad goes, hey, Drew, go up there and find out what he wants. So he comes back to the meeting, and he says, he's got to talk to you. And we, we were all like, okay, we're having a major meeting, and this guy's got to talk to him. He came in the room. This guy's real mild and meek, about six four, real skinny, talks real softly. And he just looked at my dad, and he said, Brother, you know what you need to do. And my dad prays. So this guy answered his prayer, and you know what he needed to do? What's that? Stop running on Sundays. 
start stop running our factories on Sunday. That was a message to that your dad. That was a message to my dad who had been praying about the business and et cetera. Mm-hmm. He said, stop running on Sunday. So we quit running on Sundays. Wow. But here's a better story. About 20 years later, I'm in a meeting and we run, we make products for Coca-Cola, Milo's tea, Chick-fil-A, all these big time companies that expect product when they ask for it. So we needed to run on Sunday for Coke. And I made the decision and Drew was against it. I said, Guys, we're gonna run this Sunday. We got we don't have any other choice. We got to run on Sunday. Mm. That's a very sounds like a very tough call. It was, but here's what happened. As soon as I walked out of that room, I got a phone call from my wife. She never calls me at work, and she goes, "You're not gonna believe this." And I said, "What?" She goes, "I went down to downtown. I took a pair of shoes I need to repair, and it's raining, and I've never been to this cobbler shop." So I decided to take my shoes to this cobbler shop. And the guy goes, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Whose name did I put this under? And he, she said, Sewell. And he said, are you married to Drew? And she goes, no, I'm married to John. He said, let me tell you a story. He said, about two years ago, I had God tell me that I need to go give them a message that they don't need to run on Sunday. Whoa. He doesn't even know my wife. Well, she never calls me. And I just walked out of a meeting after meeting. saying, we're going to run this Sunday. Wow. And God said, no, you're not. And I got the message, and I will never doubt him again. So you heard that twice I in heard a span of twice. 30 minutes, 20 minutes? No, uh, it's, it's, it, it, was, it was years. Right. It was years, but we had found, it was like, it might have been ten years earlier, or fifteen, or or five years, but the the point being is, she calls me at the office. Never calls me that day. She goes see a cobbler. She never takes her shoes to get them fixed to start with. It's raining. She's never been to this shop before. Doesn't know this guy. Walks in. He tells her this story. She calls me at the exact time I'm walking out of a meeting after going. We're going to run. Right. That's what we got to do. Now, if that ain't God, yeah. I don't know what is, man. Wow. That's crazy. So what did you end up doing that Sunday? We didn't run. <laughs> and you know what happens? We needed to run for Coke. Another customer takes the same product, cancel 10 truckloads. Huh. They needed 10. We already had it. We were covered. Wow. So he made a way. It. Just I call took them care of itself. It took care, and it uh, always my next, does. Yeah. Every time we have a, because I'll have sales guys. Sales guys are, they go, man, we got to go. We got to go sell something. Yeah, they don't stop staying no, no, on they you don't, for they things. Don't, they, they don't care about this Sunday thing, man. We yeah. got to take care of our customers. So they would come to me every so often and go, hey, man, we really got to run on Sunday. And I'd go, no way. He's going to make a way. Mm-hmm. He'll, we'll figure it out. And, uh, and when that goes back to the tithing thing, mm. open meetings with prayer and uh, don't run on Sunday. And that's caused our business to explode. In the last five years, we have doubled the size of our company. It's mind-boggling. That is. Danny, I, you just can't explain it. It's just it's crazy. God takes care. Yeah. 
And so in relaying that back to that question about a turning point for you, like how we did for you in college. Yeah. Shoot, having a daughter, taking 24 hours, and you got voted into a who's who at Georgia Tech? It's Southern Tech. Or Southern Tech, I'm yeah, sorry. That's all right. I wish it was Georgia Tech, but I wasn't smart enough. <laughs> you know what I do now? I'm not smart enough for Georgia Tech. Either. You know what I do now? I hire Georgia Tech guys. <laughs> that's, that's I wasn't how smart enough to go to the school, but I was smart enough to hire them. Yeah. It's funny how that all works out. Yeah, it is. Learned a lot of lessons along the way, and uh, Dad's been a tough teacher, and uh, he's just uh, love him to death. He's a visionary. He's a trailblazer. But I've tried to pick up on some of that, and I've wanted to – try to grow the company big and he's always telling me because he's retired now he's like slow down kids slow down you're going too fast slow down and i go you always told me if i was 20 years younger i would be doing this and i would be doing that and i said that's what i want to do yeah interesting that is can you share a memorable interaction that you've had with a customer like for example in in that story you just told i just think about the relationships you have with Milo's and with Coca-Cola. Yeah, I, I've got a, I've got a good one. I've probably back in 1992, a guy walked into my office and he said, look, man, I need a truckload of gallons, industrial gallons. I got this product that I can sell to Home Depot and it's off the chart. And he said, I, nobody will give me any credit. Nobody will give me nothing. I need your help, man. And I said, done. He told me about his product. Mm-hmm. It turned out to be a product called Otoban. I don't know if you're familiar with what it. What is Otoban? It's a cleaner. It's okay. It's a cleaner, and it's a super product that is good. It's a it's a, a a big cleaner. So today, he sells because of that. He sells home. He sells everybody. That product is nationwide, and he every time I see him, he thanks me for giving him that truckload of bottles. We've sold him millions and millions of containers. Mm-hmm. And just because we took a chance on him, he never forgot it. And every time somebody will come along and try to lower their price and take our business, he would call me and he'd go, hey, John, look, you got a guy after your business. And i say, well, what we got to do, Steve? Mm-hmm. And he'd go, this is what you got to do. And i go, done. And I said, it's just like your business. Somebody comes along tries to take your business. Right. And you need an advocate that will go, hey, what can you do for me? And we we'll, we always help him out. We become great friends. We go hunting together. We it's just a great relationship. Yeah, that says a lot about serving. Oh yeah, and relationship building, which you just touched on the end of absolutely. That. And we how believe in that. We another good story is we had seven machines back in the early day. It was just me and my dad and his right hand man, and he goes, "We got to hire a salesman." And me and Bill Paces was the fellow's name that worked for my dad for 50 years. We each looked at each other. How are we going to afford this guy? We're only doing like $25,000 a month in sales. There's no way we can afford him. We had seven machines at that time. Today, we've got over 400 machines, and I promise you, he's responsible for at least 200. He's responsible for half the business we got. He's 75 years old now and still is our number one salesman every year. It's mind-boggling. Guys off the chart. Dave Crompton. Yep. Legend. He's There's only three people hanging on our wall in the Wall of Fame in our mm-hmm. boardroom. My dad, him, and Bill Pace 
When there's also a picture of Jesus that my nephew drew when he was eight years old, so they're all framed on the wall. But he's on the wall of fame, and he's just an exceptional individual, friend, and just all around super salesperson and relationships. Mm-hmm. He makes it happen. He's awesome. Relationships and how important they are sound like a philosophy that CKS and your family hold very important and in very high regard. That's right. We uh, we it's like our people. Our people are our greatest out asset. Without them, we're nothing. Relationships with our employees. I have people tell us we'll do plant tours, and I know HR doesn't like this, but we hug our employees. And if we're doing a walkthrough. <laughs> We're going to hug them. And <laughs> HR goes nuts and goes, you can't do that. And we go, that's the family business. We're going to do it. Why do they try to tell you you can't do that? It's because they're afraid somebody's going to get sued or somebody's <laughs> going to complain. And that why does that guy keep hugging me yeah. or whatever the reasons might be? But the customers pick up on that. Mm-hmm. And they'll come back to the board meeting after doing some tours and they'll go, you know what? We saw that the most besides making plastic containers was the relationship you guys have with your employees. And my dad harps on that. Our employees are our greatest asset, and that's what they are. Yeah, that that would be impressive. When you see that flow through an organization, I, I can absolutely see how your customers would value that. It's the human component, and it's the backbone and the heart of a business is how they do treat their employees. What achievement or milestone in your career are you most proud of? This could be your career, John. It could be. What CKS is accomplished? I, I'm most proud of of our people to, to start with, but we hit the we hit a goal. We take we hit 750 million in sales, and I look back and I go, a guy from Mableton, Georgia, in Allstale, Georgia, my dad and myself and my brothers, and you just go, that's you just go, what? 750 million dollars in sales? That's that's mind-boggling. That's probably one of our greatest achievements from a, a financial standpoint. So it, it's looking back at where you came from and really just seeing how you've continued to grow this over four generations and being able to measure that. Yeah. Yeah, that's impressive. In your company and among your peers and your leadership, what makes a bad day at CKS? And conversely, what makes a good day a good day? The answer is family. <laughs> they can make it bad. Family, family makes make it a it bad good. day here. Yeah. Makes it a good day. I'm really picking up on what you're putting down in a family business here. I, it can I'm be just, the best. I'm it just giving some people in the future something to think about. Yeah, you got to put some programs in place to help control the family because it's where it's all fair, it's equal. But the bad day is when stuff happens with the family, and you got to have a family meeting. And the great days when. There's no family issues, companies growing, people are happy. That's what I like to see. I like to see happy people mm-hmm. and uh, be excited about where we're going, what we're doing, about their opportunity. We're a, a second chance company. And second we, chance. Yeah, we take uh, non-sex offenders and uh, non-violent individuals who have been incarcerated, and we give them a second chance. I don't know about you, Danny, but I've need I've needed probably I'm like a cat. I may be on my seventh or eighth second chance. Yeah, we give people a second chance, and we've today 
We've got about 3,500 employees, and we have roughly 10% of our workforce as second-chance employees that have – some of them have risen to the ranks of being a plant manager. Wow. A lot of them are supervisors. A lot of them are quality control managers. So they've really made something of themselves. I think we're all about one or two decisions away from making the wrong decision and ending up homeless or needing a second chance. Maybe we took some drugs when we shouldn't shouldn't have or we had a knee injury and we're taking Oxycontin and got hooked and finally got off of it and somebody needs to give them a second chance, and that's CKS. We're a second chance company. So we're really proud of that situation, and my brother Drew – helped head that up and he also he runs our we have our own ministry it's called maximum impact love as i was telling you earlier we give our employees up to a thousand dollars a year if they're in trouble to help them pay their light bill or or car payment or house payment or whatever it might be we serve about 50 families a week with counseling we give away food we do three major events each year back to school book bags after school uh, food program and at Christmas we do 300 uh, families we invite their family we give each end of each family member three presents that are wrapped wow yeah they can take home put under their tree we give away 300 bicycles one to each family we hand select the families within a five mile radius we go into apartment complexes or low rent impoverished poverty type areas and uh, it's pretty awesome to watch a kid's face light up I can imagine. When you help them out. How do you find, or how do these individuals find you? We we go out into the neighborhood. We go out. This is the neighborhood. Every, every t- around our plant, okay. within a five-mile radius, we'll go out, and every time we have an event, we'll pass out flyers that talk about the event that's coming up, and we'll play. We have a flatbed trailer that we've got a band. We put a, all the musical instruments on it. We've got DJs. We've got live music we got churches that do skits we do we cook hot dogs hamburgers we do haircuts hiv checks health checks eye eye checks cotton candy fingernails for the kids they'll make bracelets we'll have fun games just it's a total day of having fun and we feed them and most time they get to take a box of food home with them or backpacks for all the kids in the family so through that situation, we've gone out and we get buses from the neighboring churches or if a family, somebody works for us, goes to a certain church and we borrow their bus for the day and we'll go pick them up. We'll tell them, hey, we're going to be in your neighborhood at, at 10 o'clock in the morning. We'll pick you up and we'll bring you back. So we have a bus system going. we got these flyers going. We actually had one individual, they knocked on the door and the guy came to the door he had just taken a shower he was all freshened up and all this kind of thing and uh, the next day my brother saw him at the event and he told my brother that he had just taken his last shower had his last meal and was fixing to commit suicide he told your brother that's right and he said because of that flyer which was right across the street from the hotel he was staying in that's what spoke to him i got him man god got him and uh, kept him from committing suicide which is incredible how does that make you and your brother and your company feel to hear that or to know that i can't even explain it man i get uh, yeah emotional about it right now yeah gosh i could too and 
I commend you so much because you, you call it a second chance. To hear you describe it and share that story, it sounds like more than a second chance. It sounds like the opportunity for a new life. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that speaks so much. That's amazing. And you already answered a question that I had in the holster there, and that was, is there a particular... Is there a particular story that moves you when you think of the success of the Second Chance program? And you shared one with us, but if you can think of another one, I'd love to hear it. I've, we got one individual who grew to be a plant manager. He was uh, he was hooked on drugs, and he's been five years drug free. We got another young lady that's in our quality department. She had an alcohol problem. She was an alcoholic, and she went to rehab, got out, got. She's got three kids. She's got all her kids back. We got story after story. I was walking through one of the plants, and this big guy just came up and just put a bear hug on me. I didn't even know who he was. And I looked at him. He was crying. He said, hey, man, I just want to tell you, thank you for a second chance. I went, wow. Wow. That kind of blew me away. You know know what I'm saying? I don't know if I can handle that (laughs) in my work day. But you guys ask for it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You dial it up. We do. Gosh, I, when I think your company and what you just shared right here, which a lot I, I didn't know about, John, I'm so thankful that you were able to. You guys are really good at making plastic containers, but you do so much more. And I say all this to lay the foundation for this next question. And that is, is if you weren't in this business and if you weren't part of this family that had this mission and this passion for what you guys do in conjunction with making plastic containers, what industry would you be involved with? Where would you have seen yourself? I heard that this gentleman say, Art Williams used to say, he was A.O. Williams, so he had an insurance company. And uh, he would, uh, I lost my spot, man. Art Williams. Art Williams. And uh, when you're thinking of just something else that you do, other than being a part of this giant heart that beats at CKS, what would you do career-wise, industry-wise? I would probably, I've, what I was going to say is that Art used to say, during your lifetime, you'll have two or three great opportunities. Mm. And the key is recognizing when that opportunity comes along. So I've had two or three key individuals that I've known that if I wasn't working for my dad, I would be successful. I just, I'm not being arrogant or anything. I just know that you, that I know that I would be successful doing something. And me and my brother, and my dad, we all own, or my two brothers, we all own a spice company. What kind of spice? Yeah, just all spices. Yeah, salt, pepper, onion, oregano, the whole gamut. And this thing has turned out. What happened is, my brother was reading a plastic magazine, and he saw where this company was going to start a manufacturing plant down in Alabama. So he called a guy up and said, "Hey, don't start that. Have you?" started making any containers yet and the guy goes no and he goes well, don't do it and uh, i gotta meet you i gotta talk to you so drew went down and met with him they became immediate friends this guy is iranian canadian mm. okay a unique mix a unique mix crazy mix mm-hmm. he was a 1999 entrepreneur of the year in canada he's in the spice business so he decides he sold that business he decides to start another business in the United States. And we drew in and saw him, struck up a friendship. We invested in the company. And today the thing is off the chart. He's got a huge operation in Alabama, New Jersey, 
and in uh, New York. So I know if I wasn't doing plastics, I'd be in the spice business. But I'm an entrepreneur too. I'd be mm-hmm. in. I, I've I told the bank one time I'd like to I'd like to own a hundred businesses if I could, <laughs> just because I just I loved. I love seeing things grow and make money, mm-hmm. and then we obviously we take the, our tithing very seriously. So we could give in all these ministries. We give in to probably forty five to fifty different ministries, and it's pretty incredible. That is incredible. Yeah, and if this has never been said before, Atlanta's lucky to have you guys for what you do. Wow. I, I I hope you get told that as often as you should, because I I get to. And on this show and, and in my business, I get to speak to a lot of leaders who do a lot of different things. And um, it's incredibly moving what you try to do to literally better and raise people around you selflessly. Yeah. And also, with that last question, it sounds like you guys, are you interested in cooking? Do you like spending time in the kitchen? Do you and your family like? My wife does. Like craft- okay. She's a great cook. Cause, I, cause I stay out of her spices, way. Spices of all industries, that tells me yeah. there's a hobby there. We've. I love food, okay, <laughs> and I like spicy food. And my but my wife is a great cook. She takes care, very good care of me, and we use I spices. And we got a lot of friends that use the spices, but it's called ispice dot com. If, spice. if if anybody wants to go online and check them out, it's pretty cool. What we're doing, awesome. So this is the last question, and I love asking it, and I'm I really can't wait to hear your answer. Honestly, just given everything we just talked about, but. I get it from I get it from a talk show that I was a fan of as a kid. They don't air it anymore. Where they ask a series of questions and then they get to this very last one and this very last one's touchy because not everybody feels comfortable answering it. God and religion comes into play. But I like asking it on this show because we're not always looking for what what's your religious affiliation, but it really is more of a measure of, you know, what are you pursuing in this life? And the question goes like this. If heaven exists, what do you hope to hear God say at the pearly gates? I want him to, see, him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what it says. Yeah. The Bible says that. Just well done, good and faithful servant. And my brother, he's more of a saint than I am because of he's out there on the front lines every day running his ministry and running CKS ministry and and doing his job and Boy, he's blessed. Everywhere he goes to sell, he sells, man. The doors are open for him. But we've been blessed tremendously, and we're going to go ahead. And we just came out with a new logo. New, We refreshed our brand. I saw that. You see that card that we've got where we got the fish at the top, and which means we put God first? Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. I was speaking to the website. Okay, we've well, seen the uh, website. But yeah. yeah. Here's the fish. Oh, that's that's top. awesome. Yeah, and then we've got we've got on LinkedIn. If you can go to my LinkedIn and check it out, I, I've got a post there about the new logo and brand and the fish at the top. Just means we put God first. I will say, haven't seen your previous card, John. This does say just a lot about the integrity of your company. But holy cow, it is a refresh. That is you just like that? A, a world different nice? than that first one I got. Yeah, from man. You. That first one I think I got from you. It could have been. I don't know. It yeah, could have yeah. been made in the 90s, but this Throw is incredible. In yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty sleek. We hired a lady by the name of Lisa Blacker. She's been incredible. She's handling our website, our refresh, our rebranding, and we're so happy to have her with us. And again, it's all about people. 
Mm-hmm. You're only as good as your people, and that's why we're great is because we got great people. I will always want to give them credit for what they do for us every day. Amen to that. As we wrap this up, John, if somebody were to listen to this and they would want to get in contact with you or anybody at CKS, where would you tell them to try to find you? I'd say send me an email at John Sewell at CKSpackaging.com. Go to LinkedIn, look me up, John Sewell. And that's probably the two easiest ways. And I'll direct you wherever you need to go. If you're looking for a job, we're always hiring. We need people. Mm -hmm. We want to hire the best. We want to be the best. We want to hire the best. But uh, we got opportunity. And that's what I tell you. One of the most exciting things about that I love about our company is the promoting from within. Just over and over and over. I'm talking about manager after man. You come in as a second shift packer. And now you're a regional manager. That's pretty opportunistic. Yeah. Now that I provides mean, a tremendous uh, a tremendous platform for growth. Oh yes. For people who are ready. And it, it yeah, and it doesn't matter what color, race, whatever you are, if you got the the go get it, you can get promoted at CKS. And uh, you can take care of your family. We've done that over and over again, and that's one of the most exciting things I'm most proud of and proud of our people about their opportunities and them growing with the company. John, I'm proud you came onto this show and shared everything that you did. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. And for everybody listening, we thank you also again for tuning into Executive Perspective. We will look to hear from you or you will look to hear from us next time. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Danny. Thank you for joining us on Executive Perspective. This show is brought to you by Cressa, the world's largest occupier-centric commercial real estate firm offering unbiased, conflict-free advice. For more information, go to Cressa.com.